Hey there and a very warm welcome to Bergos Now. As every Friday, it is my great pleasure to welcome you, although we are indeed recording this on Thursday afternoon. And that is important to say because we are going to take a look at the German election situation. And that might indeed have changed by the time you're receiving this. My name is Aurelia Rauch and I'm happy to welcome my guest Till Christian Budelmann here with me, our CIO. Hi Till. Hi Aurelia. Till, as promised and as I think highly anticipated, you are here today to talk about the status of the German election. We're exactly. all looking, yeah, we're all looking forward to that. Um, quickly before we dive right in, this was quite an well, you know, eventful week, so to say. The SPD. Well, we decided to just keep it with the German pronunciation. So SPD. Uh, they're just a little bit ahead of the CDU. And right after them, die Grünen, the Green Party, and the FDP. Und die Linke, the Left Party, almost didn't make it into the Bundestag. And the AfD is in the two-digit area. All of that doesn't matter right now. The numbers are in. Um, we've got the facts. We know what's going on. However, what is important for us at this moment, and my question to you to start with, is... What does the effect on the markets and on the economy as a whole look like? The key message today is the center-left Greens and the FDP will decide the shape of the next German government. Mm -hmm. And it's good to know that the pro-business FDP is one of the two kingmakers. Full stop. Greens and FDP have now started sounding out talks. That's how they call it. And after these and probably many other talks, these two parties will either team up to put Olaf Scholz from the SPD or, less likely, Armin Laschet from the CDU into the Chancellor's office. Mm -hmm. The mentioned results of the German election and the subsequent reaction of party leaders suggest that a traffic light alliance of Greens and FDP with the SPD and a so-called Jamaica coalition of Greens, FDP with the CDU-CSU are the only realistic options. A red-green-red coalition lacks a majority. The three parties combine for 363 seats in Parliament, five short of a majority, so that was pretty close. And it is good news, you will remember, before the vote, we had put the probability for such a leftist alliance at around 20%. And this was a serious tail risk of significant tax hikes, a wave of regulations, reform reversals, and a tight lid on housing rents. And this risk has evaporated, and that is good news for all of us as market participants. Because in our view, this removes a serious risk to German trend growth. It is also good news for Europe as well as NATO, because Germany remains a stable partner and the financial anchor for the EU and the euro. Mm -hmm. Okay, Till, thank you for that. A, a pressing question, however, is, of course, will Scholz or Laschet be it in the end? The SPD got more votes. They are slightly ahead of the CDU-CSU. Uh, how, how does that work? Explain that to us. Why is not the one party with the more votes the one who will uh, present the chancellor? Yeah, I will come back to, to this question in a minute. But okay. let me start by saying it's true. The CDU-CSU suffered record losses from 32 
0.9 percent in 2017 to a historic low of now only 24.1 percent, mm -hmm. which is really brutal for the CDU CSU. And on the other hand, the SPD gained votes to finish ahead with 25.7 percent after a dismal 20.5 percent in 2017. And this may give Scholz the edge in talks with the Greens and the FDP, which both, by the, by the way, also won votes. But for five reasons, Laschet still has an outside chance to get the Greens and FDP to join his CDU-CSU in a coalition, leaving Scholz and the SPD out in the cold. So five reasons. First, Markus Söder from the Bavarian CSU more or less endorsed Laschet's idea to build a coalition somewhere down the road despite the heavy losses for the CDU-CSU, and that was far from certain, heading into election day. Mm -hmm. Second, for the Greens, the choice may be less clear-cut than the pro-SPD preference, which the similarity between the SPD and Greens party manifestos may suggest. The Greens may get more done with Laschet than with Scholz because mm. Laschet is starting the talks from a weaker position mm -hmm. and he may have to offer the Greens more to get them on board. Third, something you don't hear a lot about in the German mainstream media and something that our friend Dr. Holger Schmieding, whose input is so valuable and again the basis for my thoughts in this episode, always reminds us about, the Greens know that the CDU-CSU holds a veto on many key issues in the upper house, the Bundesrat. Mm. Many initiatives that the SPD and Greens would like to pursue jointly could be blocked by the CDU-CSU if the CDU-CSU is in opposition. But if the CDU-CSU signs up to some of such center-left ideas in a Jamaica coalition, the Bundesrat would likely approve them. Mm -hmm. Fourth, Of course, Laschet lacks charisma, <laughs> but he has a reputation of a builder of bridges between political parties. And fifth, and coming back to your question, finally, a coalition led by the runner-up against the strongest party is not unusual for Germany. In 1969, 1976 and 1980, the SPD and FDP formed a coalition, although the CDU-CSU had garnered the most votes in the election. Mm. Kiesinger, Kohl, Strauss, they should have become chancellor after these elections, but they did not. Mm -hmm. Got to tell. Thank you. So, clearly, Laschet's not out of the race, although Scholz, I guess, remains... Uh Yeah, remains ahead. Could you shed a little bit more light on the options that the SPD has at this moment? Of course. And you're right, Scholz is a favorite now to become chancellor. And the FDP may find that it could implement a significant chunk of its fiscal and deregulation agenda in a coalition with the SPD and the Greens. Scholz would have to make the FDP a good offer in order to lure the FDP away from the mentioned Jamaica coalition mm. with CDU, CSU and Greens. And don't forget that the continuation of the current coalition between SPD and CDU, CSU is also still possible, but the probability for this option seems low as the CDU, CSU would likely refuse to rejoin such an alliance as a junior partner. And by CDU-CSU, I mean 
the CSU, respectively Söder, and not necessarily the CDU and especially Laschet. Yeah, and the base of the SPD would also not be thrilled to form such a GroKo, even under Chancellor Scholz, but it remains a long-shot option. So all in all, if you add up the various probabilities, um, it's definitely advantage Scholz. Awesome, Till. Thank you so much. And of course, I will now ask you to dive a bit deeper because the concrete implications for the economy and the markets are you know, yet to be discussed. Uh, you mentioned a few things at the beginning, you know, the good news that a coalition with the left party is out of the question, uh, good news on Sunday. Uh, but I would like to dive in a bit deeper. Could you, um, yeah, just go into more detail? Of course. German policies will continue to evolve, but not shift dramatically. This is our view. In the first federal election in 16 years without Merkel running for office, German voters seem to are tired of her CDU-CSU while hoping for fresh faces in a campaign in which the reputation of the top candidates mattered more than party manifestos, Germans do not seem to want a fundamental change. Both a traffic light and a Jamaica coalition would continue the German tilt of the last eight years towards a more, yeah, let's say, center-left and greener policy stance. Mm -hmm. And both would spend more on digital infrastructure, climate protection and health, probably hiding some of it in off-budget transformation funds. And neither coalition would probably change the constitutional debt break and or approve a major change in EU rules. Till awesome, but I want more details. Can you get a bit more concrete that most likely coalitions? What could happen? What should we look out for? What's going on? Yeah, let's go through the likely policies of the two potential coalitions at this point. Great. Uh, via bullet points. Okay. Um, so first, what we expect from both options. No real change in overall economic outlook. Then an exit from coal well before 2038, probably by 2030 already. Then generous upfront depreciation allowance and tax credits for private investment, especially for green and digital investment. Climate protection, mostly through market-based instruments. And then the last point, hopefully an additional equities-based pillar within the pension system. Second, what we expect in addition from a traffic light coalition between red SPD, greens and yellow FDP, then led by Scholz, obviously. No major tax hikes or big extra regulatory burdens. An increase in welfare spending. More support for low-income tenants in high-rent hotspots. And then a big issue uh, over the last couple of weeks and months, a minimum wage to be raised from 9.60 to 12 euro per hour, probably in stages. And then on the personnel front, Christian Lindner from the FDP will likely be the next finance minister. And then third, what we expect from a Jamaica coalition between the black CDU-CSU, Greens and the yellow FDP, led by Laschet, obviously, or Someone else from the CDU, CSU, no tax hikes and an end of the 
ja, Solidaritätszuschlag, Solidarity Surcharge uh, to, to Income Tax, some easing of tax and regulatory burdens for businesses, notably for the Mittelstand. We spoke about the Mittelstand last time. Yeah. Um, faster planning procedures, a focus on raising the supply of housing, also a big topic um, during the campaign, and either Robert Habeck from the Greens or Lindner to be the next finance minister. Excellent, Till. Thank you. I know today is a busy day, but before I let you go, I do have to ask you about the timeline because I think that that is really what is at everybody's on everybody's mind right now. How are we proceeding? What's what's going to happen? Yeah, the big question, the one million dollar question. Um, you will remember our call three weeks ago. In a nutshell, we expected, quote, a stalemate for weeks and months, maybe even until Christmas or into 2022, mm. unquote. And I think this is where we are heading now. And as I said earlier, informal sounding out talks between the potential partners for Germany's first ever real three-party coalition at the federal level have already started. And after weeks, these could give way to formal coalition negotiations for either a traffic light coalition or Jamaica. And of course, the parties say they would like to wrap up such negotiations ASAP as soon as possible. And they have to say this. But if formal negotiations about, let's say, a traffic light alliance where to hit a snack and the other option could really come into play again, Germany may get a new government only in 2022. And Angela Merkel would then become post-war Germany's longest serving chancellor. But even a lengthy period of uncertainty, and that is my final message for today, would not have a significant economic impact. As I said earlier, the markets were only afraid of an R2G coalition, a leftist coalition, yeah. and that risk is now off the table, regardless whether we end up with a traffic light coalition, or Jamaica, or even another GroKo. Amazing, Till. Thank you so much. That is a wonderful way to end. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your thoughts. Thank you for the details, thank as you. always. Thank you all for listening. And we thank you again for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode about the German elections. And we're back next week on Friday with more from Bergos Now. Bye-bye. <laughs>